registration table. Mm. Now, the usual denomination of such transactions in gas is usually done in U.S. dollars. The impact of the sanctions is that no longer can be the case. You then have the Russian ruble uh, being in a, in a free float uh, in terms of valuation. So in order to also protect the currency, you also want there to be liquidity and trade within the currency, which is part of the reasons why they would like to trade uh, in rupees uh, for gas specifically. And remember, they're be, uh, one of their largest customers are those in the European bloc. Mm. And this suggestion was firmly kicked out um, by the G7 economic countries. Uh, I think it, the G7 economic countries sort of mirror NATO. So it was expected that um, um, that they would not agree. You've got Draghi, um, the Italian prime minister, uh, effectively saying that this, is a, this, this cannot be. We do transactions in U.S. dollars. Um, and it's a contract violation, therefore uh, it can't happen. But at the same time, is you can't, for me personally, and I just think this is just from an economic perspective, Europe gets 40% of its gas from Russia. Mm. So ultimately, they're going to have to negotiate. That number, you just cannot replace it out of thin air. Yeah. Uh, and it's literally just as simple. The question is... Um, Although it is a contract violation because it's a change of um, currency and exchange, but at the same time, uh, where are you going to get your gas from? Yeah, I was out. Russia's out. Kitty, force majeure. Like, yeah, the force majeure. We didn't know that we'd have sanctions leveled against us that now make it a requirement in the interest of national security that we receive our payments in rubles. You know, and it's literally it's the same with the quantity. They just want a different medium of exchange, but ultimately. Um, and this is where I say that this conflict has just put in um, signed a light on we all about human rights, but what about economics? And that I think that's where it is. Nice. And and it, remember, they a similar transaction I think we discussed two weeks ago uh, regarding oil with India in uh, in rupees as well mm. was uh, was concluded was concluded. Why can't it be? So, I want us to pause here for a second, uh, take a quick spot break. When we come back, uh, I want us to take a look at some of the numbers that have come through from aluminium player Huleman. They've certainly benefited from a surge in demand for canned beverages. And uh, we'll take a look at their set of numbers there, seeing their group sales volumes increasing by 34% and revenue up by 52% to just over 13 billion rand. We'll continue with that after this. 24 minutes it is after 7 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. It's our wrap of the top business stories. And uh, we uh, take a look at the latest in company news, but also, I guess, the geopolitical spillovers of uh, war out in Eastern Europe. And, uh, yeah, Snesipo, uh, just before we went to the break, I guess we took a look at... Um, the latest insofar as Russia's demand to receive rubles for their gas exports is concerned. Uh, we now shift our attention uh, to uh, the uh, uh, aluminium sector. Huleman, uh, one of the uh, largest producers, I guess, of high-end aluminium uh, globally, uh, seeing group sales volumes increasing 34% to uh, 222,000 tonnes uh, for the year ending December 2021, and also revenue up uh, and hovering around 13 billion, operating profit at uh, uh, just sh- just above um, half uh, a billion rand there as well. Yes, they had a very, very, very good result. And 
ultimately, this is one of the perks of commodities, when you're commodity, when you're in the right um, commodity cycle. Mm. Um, you had much higher rand Lando mental exchange. Uh, aluminum price increased incredibly well. The utilization of assessed losses from the prior trading, you had increased demand, uh, specifically when it comes to your, um, your beverage can. And it is the function of commodities. It literally is commodities. I can't, uh, I can't stress it enough, the power of the cycle. Um, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. And I, think one of, I think one of the things that I always remind people, this is one of my good hates of entities in the commodity cycle, is that they can perform well when they're in the right price uh, role without any input from management. You're just on the right price. And then why didn't they pay a dividend? I mean, if, uh, you know, the sun is shining as much as, I guess, the commodity prices imply, uh, why didn't they pay a dividend? Uh, I think it's good that they haven't paid a dividend. Um, I think um, they, remember, they, they remember I said that they used their assist loss from their prior. Mm. I think, because remember, you've got two choices when you have um, a super cycle. First thing you do, you need to get your house in order. Sure, pay down so debt, do all of that, yeah. Get your house in order first before you start declaring dividends. Get your house in order. Um, that's always the first thing. Um, they were in a loss-making position. Show up your cash reserves. You paying down. You pay down debt. That's what you do first. Then, in the next reporting cycle, you probably look. I would expect them to look to declare an interim dividend. Mm, mm. But um, it again, again, um, if you you don't want. Um, Anything. Um, so, and also remember, they also had restructuring costs because of the prior, um, prior, prior losses as well. So, yeah. again, when you factor those things that just washed off um, out the basement, um, in basin, I mean, um, you can see sort of where it's going. Sensible. I mean, I guess you've spoken to the price drivers of, um, you know, this massive showing here and uh, improvement in operating profit by 760%. Yes, we know 2020 and 2021, I guess, weren't very good years for this player. But I guess the other part of the improvement is uh, improving demand, especially for canned beverages. Uh, what does that say, I guess, about, um, you know, uh, consumer demand and uh, consumer p- uh, spending patterns uh, when we compare 2021 to 2022? I'm oh, sorry, so 2020, I should say. I'm sorry, it's a bunch of because remember they compete with other, with other, with other industries. So number one, not necessarily just an increase in demand, but also uh, clients coming to for you increase in actual market share because um, beverages cans were sold throughout lockdown. Mm. So it's not necessarily that inclined. You, you, I would. Exit. I think because this was a short form announcement. When we get to the annual report, more sure, details. Sure. I would expect an increase in market share. Okay, so Central Energy Fund. I, I guess for the first time, certainly since I've been following and uh, you know broadcasting and reporting on some of these things, um, us speaking about them favorably because over the last while it's this or the other. So and so was appointed irregularly. Uh, so-and-so squandered the strategic oil reserve, so-and-so did this. And this time around, I guess, yeah, putting uh, one billion rand down to uh, get in, uh, get a skin in the game around a tenth or so uh, in a uh, gas project out in Virginia in the Free State. 
Yes. And they, guys, the sexual energy fund, they've got day jobs, guys. See, guys. Sometimes the one day. They always have money. <laughs> Remember, they're a very big investor in, um, I think this now because of the investment that they made is in a listed entity. But also remember, they're very large participants. They are participants in the Renewable Energy Project. Mm. Um, they were part of the consortium to buy out the um, the refinery in um, Durban. Yes, yeah, um, yeah, that Yeah, as well. So they have money. They have money. <laughs> it's just like you said, I'm going to do this um, sometimes, so they're buying a 10% share um, and it's going to be a direct equity investment, which I think is the right called, um application because um, Renogen looks to develop phase two of their um, Virginia gas project. So it makes sense. Ultimately, this, and, and this is where people forget, one of the initial investors of Renogen initially was the IDC. Yes, yes. And that check size is above the IDC capability, so it had to go to another entity. And because remember, the purpose of government DFI is to invest and invest in strategic projects, specifically when it comes to any energy, um, energy source or uh, resource space. And it is their job. Yeah. It literally is their job. I, I, yeah. I sometimes people think people forget that that they, that right role that they mm-hmm. play and, in and the market. You can't blame people. I mean, you can't blame people that you know they think the CEF does anything but make these types of venture investments because certainly in the news cycle, all we hear about them has very little to do with, I guess, uh, their core business, if I can put it that way, which is to effectively contribute to energy security through some of its strategic mm-hmm. investments. So, yes, yeah. That's mm. their day job. Like, again, like, it's a scandal. That's why they day job. You must always remember what is their day job and un- underlying purpose. Hey, sensible. Uh, and take a look at the latest coming out of the public broadcaster where we are now. Uh, public broadcaster Mum after a report here, I assume, leaked um, of a communication sent to the board of uh, the SABC by uh, Communication and Digital Technologies Minister Kumbu Chabeni, saying uh, she's going to withhold the release of the next tranche of the turnaround funding. Uh, and this on the back of uh, remarks that were made in a media statement by the board, saying that this plan to switch off analog transmitters by the end of this month uh, may pre- present an unsustainable risk uh, to millions of indigent households and uh, effectively compromise the corporation's turnaround plans. And uh, the minister saying, what you're telling me now is at odds with uh, some of the quarterly reports that you have given me, and I've signed off on your books uh, on the basis of uh, some of the information that you've given me, which seemingly is divergent from what you're saying now. And uh, on the back of that, what do you make of this? medicine but for me this is a function of management the question then becomes was the minister aware and what how aware did, of what was the communication because for me if it's deception and i understand deception if i find something under the auspices that you have said you'll do a b and c and remember the purpose here comes to the long awaited since I was, I think we were in varsity, the switch over uh, from analog. High school. I analog to digital. This thing has been, it, 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 it needs to, 
it needs to happen. I think we all agree that it needs to happen and it's been needing to happen so because it is... I, I mean, I want us to pause on this point you're raising of... Um, whether people, anybody has been, I guess, you know, there's been deception or misleading information. I mean, the timing of it, right? It's not like people found out yesterday that there's a switch off of analog transmitters on the 31st of March, 2021. I mean, this has been spoken about in the minimum for like the past year or so. And I would think there are certain reports that not only go to the minister, but to the Portfolio Committee on Communications and Digital Technologies. If the switch off Nyani would be so detrimental... Uh, an impact to uh, SABC. Why would that not have been flagged in the reports and the updates that are given to the shareholder, which is the ministry in this case, and then, of course, also to uh, the entity that exercises oversight, the lawmakers in parliament? That's why I specifically say, what is the information that was shared? Because the 31st of March thing is not a new date. It was not a date, but it's been well known. It's been pushed back many, many times. Now, the question is, what was communicated? Because I fundamentally, if I am ultimately, the minister is saying, management, I'm not there in the day-to-day operation. You have given assurance that we are ready, and now we are not ready. Hmm. And I, like, like, and that, for me, is important. Hi, Andias, Andias. You know, this one, Nisnesipo, I guess, is one of those stories that, um, you know, makes one wonder because I guess a big part of the discussions that were happening last week, even in places like the investment conference, was to say, well, some progress has been made. And um, I think many people are working on the assumption that indigent households will have access to a transitional arrangement. It might be a set-top box. It might be, you know, some form of subsidy, voucher, whatever. Um, But I was always working under the assumption that that is set out now. Uh, also a bit unclear, I guess, about what the impact, the switch-off at the end of this month is going to have on the turnaround plan. Uh, because in a sense, the minister is saying, you know, if indeed what you are saying is correct, then you have misled me. And a lot of yes. what I have done has been on the basis of the information that you've given me, which has said we hunky-dory, we're good to go for the end of the month. And now you're changing your statement, but not in a letter to me, in a media statement. Yes, and that for me, it's, 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 it's a sentence, and I think it's actually important because I know people, um, okay, this communication, which is one of my favorites, she's actually one of my favorites, one of my favorite ministers. Or biased. <laughs> Be biased. No, I am biased because she understands like, the word accountability. She's mm. like, okay, fine. Now I'm withdrawing my signature because... You said you would be here. That's taking accountability. The thing is that I dislike with Ezo Ezo. This has always been my biggest um, challenge is the concept of consequence management. There needs to be consequences. Yes, yes. Yes, we need to be clear. Hey, it's nice to we're going to be following this particular one. And uh, yeah, I mean, Sipaya uh, asked, because also, uh, hey guys, Aibo, Aibo. We want to be a bit clearer as to what is happening. I mean, 31st is Thursday. Yes. You know, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's off. You know, the end of the first quarter of this year is in what? Three days time from now. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully within that three days, we'll get uh, probably a much more on the part of the public broadcaster. They've um, opted to uh, remain mum at this stage. And it's certainly a story we're going to be following quite closely here. Snezibo, as always a pleasure. Thank you very much for your time. Pleasure.
Snesipomaninjwa there, independent market commentator, analyst in the CA, joining us for our business wrap. We're going to take a brief break. And on the other side, it's competition time. And uh, yeah, you might want to ready yourself to win a share of 1 million rand in the hashtag Metro Million with Capfin competition. Uh, yeah, keep your phones close by because uh, we could be calling you next.